and we're here on the premier streaming network stage. And I am so excited to announce Weekend at Effie's is our next panel. And uh, I am very excited because Effie is here today. Are you all ready? And we all know Effie shares the wrestling world with his roommate and brings him into the world of wrestling. And today, we will experience that today. So please welcome to the stage, Effie. Oh, am I, am I on this side? And please welcome to the stage, Pitar. Pitar, hello. Okay, now usually, this podcast started because I would come home and I had to vent out to someone who was not involved at all in wrestling to just hear if my life was as weird as I thought it was. It is. Wait, can we get, can we get audio on Pitar? Pitar? Do we have to click a button? No, he's on. I can't hear Pitar. Premier Streaming Network, can you see me? We're here. I'm used to the lights too, because Pitar started filming me for TikTok. I'm just, before we get deeper, I have to say this. Thank you. I have to say this. Ricky Morton, uh, who has my number, did not text me, texted Alley Catch, who will be out soon, and said, is Effie speaking to anyone, or is he kayfabing and talking to a wall? Is there a real person there? I'm the, I'm, God, I'm yeah, the wall. Yeah, got an audio check. Pitar is really good at audio checking. When the podcast started, I, I said, you were finishing up on another podcast that was fantastic, that's out there. Which you graciously talking? came and I did. appeared on the podcast. Me having no idea who you really were. And right. you're just like, hey, I'll come upstairs and do your podcast. I think I'm jumping ahead. I want to intro it because we lived, when I moved to Atlanta, when COVID started, and I was going, I'm making enough in wrestling. I'm quitting my job with benefits, and I'm going to be a wrestler. And then COVID happened, and I moved to Atlanta and lived in a basement with my partner, AJ. And you were living upstairs. We- Literally, uh, you could hear me and Lucy walking around. Yes. Lucy's my dog, in case you don't listen to the podcast. Yes. And she's not here with us. It was my dog there. We now have Bebop, too, who was another person who lives in the building, yes. owned Bebop, and then said, I can't keep Bebop. And I said, I guess Bebop is now my son. I had to cut his nuts off. It was expensive. I didn't know I was going to have to cut his... Either way, we finally meet. You're doing this podcast uh, about religion, and I just remember a quote you told me that I think some people would be offended by. I'm not offended by it. Uh, they said, what an interesting person. I don't think I could hang out with him all the time because it's a lot. And you said, I feel the exact opposite. Yeah, I was like, I want to hang out with him every day. Like, are you kidding me? This is so much fun. So much fun. So much fun all the time. Okay, so this is, our, this is actually going to be our 100th episode by the time it releases. 100 episodes. Which is awesome, right? But here's why it's even weirder. Pitar does not have a lot of experience in the world of wrestling. Yesterday, Big Gay Brunch was my fourth wrestling show ever. Okay, so, and your third was the one the night before? Yes. And then you came to one weird one in Atlanta where someone got injured two minutes in my match? Yes. And then you came to the one in Atlanta where we were at Center State? We did Fest, too. Fest. Well, that's its own thing. What I'm getting at is, for 99 episodes, I have come home and tried to explain this world 
to a casual person, and now I've dumped you in the middle of it. I walked you in on the main event of a GCW show. I walked you into Big Gay Brunch, and now you're at StarCast. What do you think of the world of wrestling, and did I describe it properly, or was I leaving bits out? You talk a lot about carnival people. Yes. And it's truly that. And I feel so... It's incredible how nice everyone is. Yeah, but here's... okay. Well, to me. They're nice to, to me. But, and you heard my complaint last night. Now, one thing you got to experience was... And you, you got to understand this. Everything about me is very, very real. But sometimes I have to get home and I have to vent a little bit about things where people who, for the first five years of my career, told me I was a dumb idiot who was ruining wrestling, now come up to me and say, really big fan of your work, which I figured out is a code word for, I think I can make money off of you and get over again. I think I can pull a Jeff Jarrett. I think I can get better residuals and not get hurt. And so I'm very cautious and uh, skeptical of a lot of things in it. So sometimes they're very nice and it's genuine. Sometimes they're nice, and I go, I think my ROI is too high. I think you should make money off Effie, but I don't think you should make that much money off of Effie more than Effie's making. You know what I mean? Yes. So yes. I'm, the, the carnival thing is beautiful, but it is a little skeptical. Now, I have to say, you're not, you're not just my roommate, right? You're also sort of my spiritual guide. Uh, you're also a, a lovely friend. Um, what has it been like knowing me really kind of outside of wrestling versus the version that you're getting here? You're a lot nicer when it's just friend hanging out. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think one of the problems I have is I was a very good manager when I ran businesses. And sometimes I look around in these situations and I think everyone works for me. And I start giving out tasks. That is the vibe. Yeah. Thank you for putting up with that. I mean, daddy, more like dad, more like father. 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 Father needs things. Father needs you to bring things. Okay, so I want to interview you a little bit. Okay. What, what was the experience like, like entering the room and like watching the, the bussy merch line? I'm bringing her out in a second. Well, it's... Okay, you talk a lot of shit on the podcast, and there's no way to back that up other than physically seeing it. And stuff that you have told me, like, oh, the line. Right. The line the is line. so long. Right. It's the longest line. And then Brett will come up to me and go, your line is really long. And I go, well, could, you, could someone assist? Could, could someone help me here? No, he won't help. He won't, he's not helping me. He's going to leave the line as long as possible. And I'm usually sweaty and confused and not allowed to touch the money. So... I think my ADHD is better unmedicated, you, but I don't think it's efficient to align. I did have to pocket some crotch money this weekend. Okay, good. From you. Yeah, it's wet. It's, it, I just put it in my pants. Okay, what was it like being recognized as you? Weird. Weird? Weird. You're a little celebrity. Yeah. We, we took pictures together. It's, you're so over that I'm slightly over, which is bizarre. The I love juice. it, though. I love it. I like to spread the juice. That's the whole point of this. Get as over as you can and then go, look over here. Look at everything else. What did you think of the Big Gay Brunch? I loved it. It's fantastic. I started tearing up at the end, um, which is something that happens every time I've watched. I love that objectively I can say, uh, I made people cry with an emotional speech at the event where uh, Jimmy Lloyd in a baby bop costume defeated Pero. 
How can you have all of that in a two-hour period? I think I'm the booker of the century, objectively. Okay, there was a... So we went back to the hotel room last night, and I'm so sorry. I'm going to get all these names and everything wrong. We watched whatever the, the AEW... Collision! Yeah, and... We're going to be... Being, we're going to be nice. I've been told to be nice. I'm nice. I love it. There was a major difference between the experience that I had at Big Gay Brunch and the experience of watching that... Toward Big Gay Brunch, it was an emotional roller coaster. Like, there was so much happening. Like, I had a genuine pop. Is that the word I'm supposed to use? Big pop. For the, almost everything. And going the, just the up and down and the up and down and up and down. Sorry, y'all. Don't ever be sorry. Um, and I just didn't feel that from what we were watching on TV. Now, a lot of people, when they see Effie, right, from a distance, if they've never experienced me long form... And I've said this to you before, I want, if you only see me like on Twitter or online or talking shit or little bits, I want you to be a little skeptical. And then when you actually get in the room and take it in, I want you to like get it. Like, I think you'll like it better if you're skeptical of it before you get into it. So for me to have that reputation to say things like today's wrestling is an impression of pro wrestling instead of an impression of human conflict, they're skeptical of me being the one saying that, but also like... I, I don't think Effie's really a pro wrestler. Like, I don't think about uh, selling myself as like, I've worked so hard in wrestling, I've done so much in wrestling. I am a, a unique character who has been put into a situation who now has to figure a way out of it and tries to either de-escalate or gets pissed off and now has to fight you. Instead of the story being pro wrestling, I'm using pro wrestling to tell the story, and I'm looking around, I'm going, is anybody going to pick up on this, or are we just going to keep talking about our win-loss record and how many uh, hard nights we had driving on the road to make it, and we're going to get there? That's the baseline. Everybody's done that. So I feel like when I approach the Big Gay Brunch, I'm looking at all these characters going, what are the stories we're telling with pro wrestling instead of we're telling a pro wrestling story? And, and I think that's part of the reason that you and I get along. So, Because we're movie obsessives. We are movie Storytelling obsessives. obsessives. And that's what I see from the wrestling that you're doing is the actual storytelling element. And that's why it's fun to watch. It's and very fun. The, sorry, but the rest of everything is not... It's, I don't know how to jump into any of it. Whereas I showed a Big Gay Brunch yesterday and it was like, oh, I, I get all of this. I understand all of this. I am carried in the story the entire way through up until your speech at the end, that you know, emotional climax. And it's, it's storytelling. Being someone who's watched pro wrestling since I was a child, I noticed yesterday watching with someone who doesn't watch pro wrestling how many tropes I already understood that were being perfectly executed, that were perfect wrestling tropes, that, like, we watched two different wrestling shows. I won't even mention the other one. And you said, everyone keeps having documents, and the documents are a part of the story. And I'm going, like, you think about how many contract signings and weird documents, and, weird, and you're going, yeah, it makes sense because I put it together as a wrestling trope, but as a real storytelling device, what a weird thing to focus on for grown adults to be like, concerned what are we about documents. Paperwork into this. Look, you better not rip my paperwork. This is official paperwork. I hope this paperwork gets signed without an issue. It won't. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna bring in a guest. I have, Let's do it. I have honestly the most interesting people here with me today, uh, and I have someone who. If you've ever been around us, you'll probably hear us talking and go, are they okay? But she is my emotional equivalent. She is my uh, other pansexual viola player. And she is my mommy who keeps me in charge. Uh, I would like to introduce to the stage 
Ali Koch, my co-tag team partner from Bussy. Gorgeous. I don't know. I, we couldn't get licensed music, so. Ali Koch. Wow. The number one question on my mind and everyone else's is, how, how sick are you of me? Bitch. <laughs> I love you so much. It's literally like... I love like, you so much. It's like siblings. It is. It's very much... Well, I like to tell people our relationship oh, is one. very much we are a married couple in that we argue a lot and we do not have sex. Yes. Very much. I can confirm this from being in the car with them all weekend. It is, <laughs> yeah. it is father and mother and they are having a discussion and everyone else is quiet. And I'm leaning to the back going, y'all don't worry. We're fine. But then Try, we got y'all fine. Sonic. So just shut up. It's, it's true. I was bribed yeah. with Sonic. We're going to treat the kids to some Sonic and we're going to go home and just we'll figure it out. And you went to your room and I went to mine and then... And then I said, are you going out on the town? And she said, you, yes. You texted me and said, sis, okay? Sis, love you. Sis, okay. Sis, love you. Yeah. I was asleep. She's gone. I love it. Uh, how has your weekend been with GCW, with StarCast, with Big A Brunch? Well, we lost every day. But other than that, it was really good. Yeah, here's my concern. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we should ever lose. We're I the best either. tag team I've ever met. Literally. We're actually an actual tag team. Literally. Like... We, we're hanging out with each other all the time. Yes. We do more than wrestling. We're a literal tag team in life. So, Bussy, the name Bussy. Yes. Were you at first opposed to the name? Never. I, the day you told me it, I said yes. And I don't want to reference too much history because you're such an honorable, respectable professional wrestler now. Uh, but you used to be a kitty cat. Yeah. And I said... Well, I'm gay as fuck, and you're a kitty cat. And if a kitty cat is called that, what's a gay kitty cat? Well, it's a bussy. It's a butt pussy. Literally. And I thought to myself, people are already offended that a man and a woman are tag teaming. People already don't want to book us together, and they can't find tag teams to fight us. Let's just keep offending them even more. And then I did an interview for the Australia tour, and they said, this is radio. You can't say bad words. And then he said, I'm obsessed with Bussy. And I said, <laughs> how did we sneak this by? What are we doing over here? Bussy is not a bad word. Bussy is for children. The first time we were in Atlantic City and the whole New Jersey crowd was chanting the word Bussy. If you had come to me in 2013 and given me that vision, I would have been like, there's no way a group of people in New Jersey is going to chant butt pussy at me in a positive way. We, we, I don't know if you heard it, but I was getting people to sing the Cranberry Zombie, but by saying, Bussy, Bussy, instead, yeah. I love it. We're, here's, the, here's the thing about us. We're definitely having fun. I only want to have fun. Have you ever gotten through with a match and they go, that was actually fun? And you go, is it, is it not always for you? Yes. Like, anytime I wrestle somebody and I'm like, did you have fun? And they go, yes, actually, it was so much fun. I go, great, it should be like that all the time. It's, it's actually supposed to be fun all the time. This is, it's enjoyable. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't enjoyable. Yeah, why would I want to get, like, dropped and kicked in the mouth and go to the hospital for not fun? Okay, we have to, I'm going to talk about this. I don't want to badmouth too cold Scorpio, <laughs> but this is one of my favorite moments. Alley Catch has a match with Two Cold Scorpio, yes. and it, it's awesome. It's sick. That's what I right? hear. And 
the last moment, he went for the, what is it, the Harlem Hangover? Is that what it's called? Or is it, a, is it the tumbleweed? Know. Was it the tumbleweed? I don't, I don't know. Whatever it was, it landed on your face. Yes. And you were clearly somewhat concussed. I don't know if we're supposed to say that, but nobody's... I didn't have to sit through a Christopher Nowinski meeting, so I, I'm legally obligated to uh, say it if I want. Um, we pull you out of the ring. We're going to take you up to the doctor. And this... You're looking at me with a cut on your face, and this is the question you're asking... Was it good? Was it good? Was the match good? And I'm going... Every five minutes. Just literally. Like, why, what? Why does it matter if it's good? And I don't, I'm not going to disclose too much of it, but you did return after the hospital, and you seemed okay. The, the, okay. We'll go through the series of events real quick. Please. Okay. So this happens. I'm bleeding out of my mouth. No clue, but I've realized I have all my teeth. Great. Awesome. I'm still not really coming to because I continue to ask the same questions. Did, did he like it? Was it good? Was it good? Did Brett like, is so-and-so here? Is some, whatever. Um, I'm going to be taken to a hospital to get stitches. By someone I don't know who you said, is he safe? And I looked at him and I go, you're not going to kidnap her, are you? And he so, goes, no. And I said, he's fine. So this, th we're there with GCW. This guy I know through Glory Pro because we were in St. Louis. And so I know him, but nobody else does. So they're all like, who is this? Who is this? As I'm sitting in a car with him. So I just start crying because I'm confused. They pull me out the car. Then I explain. They put me back in the car. I go, someone had told me, hey, when you get there, tell them you were mugged so that you can get like amnesty. So like you don't have to pay for what's going on. And I said, huh? Yeah, right. Like if you had explained I was in a consensual performing fight that there would be like they wouldn't treat you or something. Well, it was just so that maybe they wouldn't charge me. They'd be like, oh, you got mugged. Okay, like this is on us or something like that. I don't know. That's what he told me to do. So then the people at the hospital are asking me questions. And then they get to like the how did this happen? Who did this? And I just was like, um. And they go, well, we just need to know if we need to call the police here or not. And I went, you do not. This happened at a wrestling show. Please do not do that. Thank you so much. It was consensual beatings. And then, um, I, but also, I'm a wrestler. I said, I don't really want to pay for all this. So please don't use any anesthesia. Don't put anything in my lips. So they stitched me up and glued me up without using anything. And also, it was like hard for him. So I said, do you need my help? So I'm literally holding my lip for this guy to stitch me up. So he stitches me and glues me. I make it back for the main event. Watch the main event. Sell some merch. There's a strip club across the street. Yes, there is. And we had free passes to the strip club. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, so everybody's taking too long. I walk across the train tracks alone, go to the strip club, um, make friends there, get a guy kicked out, get on stage with a girl. Yeah, I was going to say, you kind of are the strip club. Yeah. You, you, you fully, you go in and you're like, I think I'm in charge of this place. I made friends with some of the strippers and she let me on stage with her. Um, she was also a cancer rising. So we were like this. Oh, we're about to unlock something up here with Peter. <laughs> this is, we're going into the astrology world. Uh, because I now know your chart. Yes. Um, you have to deal with two Mars first housers on a regular basis. And I'm sorry that you have to deal with us, but also... I'm not sorry. Uh, I enjoyed the performance. Now, I got to say this, though. I got in trouble. 
I did get in trouble because I don't understand. I'm going. I'm filming her dancing around, and he's like, "You can't film the girls." And I'm going, "But that's my that's my sister. I'm proud of her. She's doing her dance." I went to Two Cold Scorpio after I said, "Hey, I just want to let you know, Alley Catch is okay." And he just goes, "Yeah, that's a tough bitch. Good right hand too." And I said, "This this man, he." He knew she'd be fine, but he was like, yeah, sometimes I fall on women's faces when I do my move. Yeah. It's okay. He's- you are incredibly tough. Uh, now, I, I'm going to see if Pitar has any questions for you, but I'm going to ask one more. Um, what's it like uh, calling a match with Effie? I hate to pull the curtain back and talk about calling matches. I, I don't, listen, we're, we're in deep here. This is a whole other world. Fine. I don't care. Our relationship is, is being discussed. I think we're here. Let's get into so, it. So the real thing is what I've found is easier is to just go, okay, you go over there. You go vape. You go drink a coffee. Go sell your merch. I'll take care of it. You go be the mayor. Go, yeah, you're the mayor, and I am the secretary, the treasurer, the vice president. I'm literally everything else, and you're the mayor, and you just go, hi, everyone. Hi. Okay, but I will say, the only time that I had to call out you calling me the mayor, I said, Ali, I said, I'm going to do commentary on the UK Big Gay Brunch. I'm going to get uh, as much information to put over the talent in this rumble as possible. There's a lot of new rising LGBTQ stars that were featuring in the UK brunch. And there were not that many matches on the show because the rumble was long. And I finished commentary. I'm not dressed. That's match three. We're match five. And I walk outside and she goes, where are you? And, and you're not even dressed yet. And I said, oh, I'm, we're going to figure it out. And you go, you're just walking around here like you're the mayor or something. And I'm going... It's this, this one, I think I'm the mayor. The show is my name. I think I'm allowed to be the mayor on this there one. There is nothing more frustrating than having to be in a match with a promoter. I will tell you that much. So whenever you have to be in a match with Effie on Effie's Big Gay Brunch, it's like, where is he? Where is he? I need him here. I'll be there. What are there. we doing? Hello? Hello? <laughs> where is he? So yeah, you, the UK one was probably the most stressful. Uh, one more question before I, I'm going to let Pitar ask a question if, he wa- if they want. Um, yesterday, you and Sonny are uh, discussing things. Sonny Kiss and Pimpinella Escarlata versus Bussy yesterday. Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Very fun. And I'm politely trying to explain to the two of you, who are serious, talented, very good wrestlers, <laughs> that, hey, y'all, once we get out there, it's my show, uh, but also I'm completely not in charge anymore. Pimpinella's going to do what Pimpinella wants to do. And I probably wasn't direct enough. Uh, what was it like realizing that this match was going to be whatever it was going to be uh, once you got in the ring with Pimpinella after 10 minutes of kiss dancing? I loved it. Well, like, I, I'm from Texas, and so I've seen and been on lots of shows with performers like that. Um, where it's everybody thinks it's their show. <laughs> so um, I was like, yeah. The only thing I was worried about was that Pimpy was like kissing everyone. That's the only thing where I was just like, oh, shit. I don't oh, think no. she's kissing anyone that doesn't want a little kiss. True, true. I, I, I hope not. But like literally. And then I think it's over. And she's like in the rain. She's like, yeah, yeah. And then she just goes. And then just leaves and takes off and kisses someone again. I went, oh, fuck's sake. 
we're like we're thank God we're the main. I keep saying I'm going to pass over to you, Pitar. You're fine. And then this I is how this podcast things. goes. I know. I love it. Sometimes we finish the episode and I go, I think you said four sentences, and you're like, I don't care. And this that's was... why Ricky thought you were talking to a wall. That's why Ricky thought I was talking to a it wall. Was Ricky Starks, not Ricky Moore. Ricky. Moore. Oh, I thought it was Ricky Moore. No, Ellie. Is he talking to a wall? I think I he thought, is. I, l- no. Listen. Okay. Well, cl- clear the air. That's great. Tell every Ricky you know, <laughs> Pitar is real. That's the exact impression he's been doing all weekend with that story. Well, good. I can't do a Ricky Sarks impression because that's he's cooler than me. What am I going to do? Okay. So, I booked Pimpinella. This is the second big game. I'm going to cut you off for a second. Please. Oh. I want an embarrassing Effie story. And we have them on the spot here, so just put that in your back pocket okay. at some point, Love that. please. I have no shame. I don't know what. I, I don't know how embarrassed I get. Uh, okay, now I'm cutting you back off. I like that. That okay. was attitude, and I was like, oh my god. Like, I think I am a switch. I felt really subby yeah. there. Uh, I'm expected to dom all the time. Will someone take over for once? Uh, I booked Pimpinella. This is the second time. Last time was Dallas. We had a singles match, and. We did not have Gringo Loco translating to have a discussion. I had a difficult translator. I said, whatever, we're going to figure this out. And it was the first time I'm going, oh, this is just going to be a thing. I don't know what's going on. We start putting things together, and I don't realize Pimpinella doesn't know it's me. Now, my hair was a little different. I look different. I don't have a mustache. We get to the part of the match where I said, last time when you bit, bit my penis uh, in, in the outside, and she kind of gets jarred and she goes oh and she remembers that she goes i wrestled you and i go yeah and my other show with the same name and that's why i brought you back and uh it was that's what jogged her memory i gotta say uh i believe in i believe in uh the magic trick of wrestling uh in this case i th- i think putting the match together m- my cock was bitten about 20 times. Sis. Yeah. But, like, that's what being a superstar is. It's like... Sometimes you got to let a legend do what they need to yeah. do. Yeah. And, like, for her to not even, like, remember who anyone... Like, just to show up and be like, yeah, I'm here to do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. You pay me to be <laughs> like, here, I'm here. And then to go, oh, yeah, like, well, that also will be us in, like, 30 years after being dropped on our head, like, 20 million times. Like, oh, yeah, we did wrestle last month, Allie. Did we? Twice. No. <laughs> Shit. Uh, also, not I'm getting into too much detail here, but when I'm wrestling, I'm definitely not at my best in that situation. You're blacked the, out. No, the blood is in other parts of my body. I'm just saying, like, there's no way that she was impressed with anything going on there, but she kept biting for real. <laughs> no! So what's, uh, what could you embarrass me with, Allie? I really... There's nothing... I, we there are is very one. similar. Is there? Remember your car? Oh my god! If you're, yeah, you should be fucking embarrassed. I honestly was, and I tried to no sell it. Will you just briefly, bitch, please? Okay, so I think we had New York the day before, and then we had like Rhode Island the next day, and so um, we can. I I live in Jersey City, so I was like, I can drive to that, put Effie in my car, whatever. So it was like a group of us. We drove. And then at some point we like switch and Effie's driving my car and we drive and we get to the, and it's already like so stressful finding parking. 
Um, and so I remember us, we were like bickering at each other at and this it was point. Like street parking next to warehouses. This isn't yeah. like, Oh, but also we got to that venue and it's like, hi, we're performers. Like, can we park? And they go, no, like they were so rude to us and wouldn't let us park at the venue. They're like, well, you got to pay this. I said, oh, suck my dick. Like go away. So we, we parked somewhere else. So already like me and Effie are like to each other, probably about something from the night before and we've already driven and we need coffee and a carb, et cetera. Coffee and a carb. Big Gay Brunch is not just a show. We are... It's a lifestyle. We are brunchers. Since. We, Girl, we ate so well the day before. Those plates were so big. Anyways, um, so we get there, we park, we go, we do the show. This is the one like Willow Spray was on. Like this show like rocked. Yeah, it fat. It was at Fet. It was <laughs> long. The show was probably like... Three hours. I also had to roast Chris Hamrick for using slurs. Oh my god, yes. But like, I said, get out of here. Is that the same one? Say so you're ruining my vibe, and I'm more over than you. The, the show was like, we'll say like three hours, and then tack on an extra hour because you get there early to like get set up and dressed and stuff, and maybe tack and on the line, so and then you tack hour. on another hour at the back half for like getting packed up, selling merch, etc. So let's say. We got there and five hours elapsed. Okay, so now we're finally packed up. We're ready to go, baby. Man, let's go. Who's got, no, you got the keys. No, you got the keys. No, you were the one who drove. No, but it's your car. I gave you the keys. So now we're yelling at each other again on the way to my car. I swear to God, you have the keys. La, 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 la. There's two other people with us. No, you have them. And then we roll up and I go, why the fuck are the lights on in my car? Is my battery dead? Like, I cannot believe this. You left the lights on, but also, like, the taillights are on. And then we get real close to it, and I hear the car, and I open the door, and the keys are in the car. The car has literally been parked and on this whole time. I do not Fully have a bush to start. I don't have a fucking bush to start. It is a the, one of these guys, and he just, we just left, he left the car on. I left the car running. The on the whole street time. for over five hours. The whole time. And you know, th- touched by an angel, blessed by an angel, it was fine, right. but it shouldn't have been. It, my car should have been stolen. Yes. For sure. Like, that would have been like the, oh, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> but thankfully, we are protected. Angel numbers, baby. Period. But oh, my, oh gosh. my God. I've never heard FEB so quiet afterwards. He just sat in the car and went, I'm sorry. And then that was it. I said, I'll buy you gas. Yep. I'll buy you some gas. You went, sister. Oops. And you just got very small. I, yeah, small. Look, I'm getting small right now. Mm -hmm. My God. Uh, Yeah. I also, I I have to say, one thing I really enjoy about working with Allie is I love how much love there is around Effie, right? But sometimes... Sometimes I need someone to be mean to me because it's just like it's there's a little so much positivity that I started to go like, nah, I don't know if this is I don't know what's real anymore. And so when I have a person who's willing to be uh, a little bit harsher with me, I remember that I'm actually I'm just a human being. Yes. And it's also like I don't like boys. And it's like <laughs> you constantly have like all these boys coming up to you at shows that are like. Effie, oh my God, thank you so much for what you do. Effie, I want to wrestle you. Effie, and I just, I don't get the, away from us and get away from me. Let me talk and to I, the boys. But my thing is, is like, I know that half of these girls are full of it and because I deal with them in other capacities that you do not. And so I have to be like, 
stop, stop. It's All right, like, last it's like talking sto- to one of my girlfriends. You like, want to mm. you want to embarrass me with boys? Here's the last story before I bring out our next Rope guest. Spider? This is your this is your uh, warning that you're coming out soon. I went to get DoorDash after the show Friday night when we got here, <laughs> and I they said my order was completed and it had not arrived yet, and I'm. I'm in vent mode and I'm manic and I'm He's after it. Furious. 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 Mad. I'll find you. They're scamming me. Yes. Where is it? Where's my food? So I'm wandering around. Where's my food? I'm freaking out. And finally, I get it. To, oh, I, I finally made it. We got here. And I walk around the corner and out of this car steps about a 6'3. Very handsome Russian man who must have been about 25 and looks like he could play rugby or soccer. And I immediately shift and I go, oh, thank you. And I turn around and I said, he's forgiven. I said, we all have tough days. I was like five feet away from you. Like I was on the way. And when I saw him also get out the car, I went, oh, he forgives him. Like literally at the same time, I go, he forgives him. And then Effie walks up to me and he goes, I forgive him. And I went, yeah, I already knew that looking at him. I already The complete know. shift. I'm sorry. I'm, I have a weakness. It's, Literally. But I explained the it to Pitar. The man on the plane. Oh. The um, man with the Uber Eats. Okay, I'm going to tell that. Well, we told that on the other podcast. Oh, Lebanese about biceps is an episode. Yeah, he literally goes, I'm going to sleep on this plane, sister. And then I'm waiting for him at the end of the plane, and I just hear his voice. I go, who could he possibly be talking to? And then here he comes walking off. I said, Oh, I said, Ali, he was straight. He let me feel his biceps and pecs and told me stories. I said, uh, as I'm saying it, I'm going, I don't know. This He's is. Not he switched to a middle seat. He's 6'2", just so he could talk to me. I said, okay, like, this is, maybe I'm just being delusional. He didn't mention that part that he switched seats. Yeah, he yes. made a guy switch seats so he could sit middle to sit closer to but me. Also, like, the sheer will you have is that you popped, like, four Dramamine before this flight to go to sleep and you fought through that to talk to this man on this flight like oops what oops <laughs> I, but the, here's the fun part i've explained to people i'm kind of like a cat where like i'll rub up against your leg but if you pet me i meow and i run away and i used to be like i'm gonna be I, like when i first was figuring things out i was like i'm like a masculine gay and somebody said you know you just wait till you become an old queen and now i'm sort of like let me just watch the boys do tasks. I don't want to get involved. I just want to see. Could, could I just watch you do dishes and laundry and see you live? The man in Canada with the pants. Oh, my. It's me from the future. Love your pants. Okay. We're going to continue. Uh, and I'm going to bring out one of my favorite human beings, uh, my emotional support, Cole. Uh, let's bring to the stage Cole Radrick. Raddy Daddy. Raddy Daddy. Hey, baby. Theme song. After this weekend, one of my favorite human beings. You're one of my favorite human beings, Pitar. I love it because I've I've told many uh, stories of Cole Radrick to Pitar that are just full of joy and positivity, and uh, for them to finally meet, I went to bed last night and they stayed up and talked more, and I was like, this is this is what I needed. I needed them to bond on their own time without me involved in the middle. Yeah, well, like I was like probably like three in the morning and we're just talking about ghosts we're talking about uh just different like ideas and things that could possibly happen and i was like this is my dude now so yeah the mystical world the mystical world the mystical world Ooh. 
Okay, so I've got to bring up, because they can probably not read it. Allie, will you, can we read your shirt? This is, I just, before we get there, this is the most, like, swag confident thing I've ever seen anyone do, and it is hilarious. And it is not true at all. And I just want to point out, if someone spent this much time to write an essay about how much they disliked you. I love it. They're thinking about you too much. I love it. Cole's shirt is a, is this a review from Cage Match of Cole Radrick? Cage Match now features the official statistic, Baby Bob defeated Pero. And you can review wrestlers, whoever you are around the world. You get to review human beings uh, based on what you think of their job performance. But let's... Allie, am I asking too much for you to read this? No, you're fine. It's like not triggering. And Cole and Allie go way back, too. I love it. Okay. Don't make me cry. Spanish announce table wrote on 4-6-2023. Cole Radrick has the look of a bum. He performs in street clothes often, has wispy facial hair, and is embarrassingly out of shape. His face is goofy, and his ears are enormous. This is a guy who apparently has many friends in his network who will help him get on shows. Put your arm down. I can't read it. Sorry. I do not believe in Cole Radrick. Too many lazy qualities to be taken seriously. Another bum employed by GCW when that spot could go to someone else with the actual qualities of a pro. For this guy to be where he is at today, it has everything to do with who he knows or maybe he is a good, he is a good a backstage politics. It's obviously not skill or character. After his current GCW run is over, it's back to the lower level shows for Cole. Ignore this guy. He doesn't deserve an audience if he wants to continue looking like a bum. The person... Am I, am I, did I click oh, it? Oh, no. Oh, I did click it. I my, they got the... I have faith, Effie. No, I got it. They may not believe did in Cole Roger, but I believe in you. Did I die? Huh? Huh? Uh, do not know. Battery? Here. Switch. Yeah, just give me the fifth mic. Backup mic. Am I on? Am I on? Okay. This person who finishes this essay saying to ignore you can't ignore you. He's thinking about you constantly and obviously brings up your wrestling skills, but he's just like, he's so mad that he has to point out these weird things. I don't, I don't think any of it's true at all. I think you're wonderful. Yeah, and literally half of that's about how you look. I mean, talk, like, talk into it. Let him hear it. Literally yeah, like, half of that is about how you, like, look and nothing about, like, how you perform or wrestle, too. So it's very, like, odd review. And, like, I get it. Like, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Like, wrestling is a very diverse thing. There's a whole bunch of different characters, different people, different looks. Um, you know, am I jacked like Effie? No. Should have just always. let the man smoke weed. Come on. They should have let me smoke weed. But it's like, to me, it's like, I am so comfortable with who I am. Like, am I ever going to be six-pack ab, jacked dude? Probably not. But at the I same time. I got a guy you could talk to. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like. I'm so comfortable with being who I am. When I saw this comment, it made my day. Because if I ruined an experience for you so much that you had to write a paragraph about me on a website to say how much I suck and that I'm a backstage politician, you can ask Effie and you can ask Allie. Unless it's like three people in a locker room, I'm usually just walking around like a psychopath to myself. And, and also, I've been on shows where the whole room is chanting Ratty Daddy. And I specifically am thinking about, was it a TOS where it was like, I think everybody is really rooting for you to win this thing. Uh, and yes, I have to admit here, me and Allie went around to every person in that room and we said, y'all better 
uh, emphatically and emotionally be invested in Cole Radrick's matches or we're not going to come out and perform later. They were going to shut the whole show down. They said if nobody chants for Cole, yeah. show's over. Yeah, it's, it's all politics. You held, you held up the GCW staff and said, I know people. you got to let me in. What a concept. I'm glad they all understand how this works. And I mean, listen, it's cool. I get it. We all have opinions. Like, I'm wrong 99% of the time. I am a bumbling idiot all the time. But at the same time, it was such an attack on me as, like, a human, like, as, you know, who I am as yeah. in real life as a, outside of a yeah. wrestling realm. And I was just like, yeah, I have shitty facial hair, but I'm also balding, and I want to have something on my face because I think I do have big ears. It runs in my family. I'll give you one. You get one. Yeah, well, that's right. You, well, you get ear one. things, you know? But at the same time, it's like, why does that matter? Like, when I wrestle, I have a great time. Everybody at Russell usually has a great time. The fans have a great time. So at the end of the day, I really don't give a fuck what you have to say about hey. me. It really just matters about the experience that I can give other people to people in the for crowd. Like, I run shows in my own hometown, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm from a small town, 2,000 people. At the end of the day, bro, I get, like, kids at my age that went to the same building when I was six and seven years old that come up to me now, and they're like, you're so cool, you're so awesome. And the fact that I did that for a small kid in my town, you could not say anything that's going to fucking hurt my feelings. Because at the end of the day, I know what's important, and it's not your opinion. Also, like, how funny is it that someone spent their whole afternoon thinking about you, obsessing over you, and then writing that out, and probably having to go back and edit it and, like... It's just really fun to think about how much time of theirs that you're responsible for them wasting. There's other hobbies they could be doing. Also, when I pulled up, I, I went to uh, our friend Trevor's house, and I looked up. He has this cool porch, and you're in this uh, sick bucket hat, and you got the shades on, and this is the shirt you're wearing. I said, this is a confident swag moment, so you just own it out there. Uh, all right, am I, am I allowed to bring up the advice I gave you at the beginning of COVID? Is it too dark to do that here? I think we can skim it without getting too in deep to it, but yeah. I'm going to put the polite version. Um, I said, I saw you, and this was the show before the first GCW COVID show in June, where we fought each other. I'm this is sure. like the last show in Indiana before everything got shut down for like... No, no, no. This, well... This was Wait, the first show. This was at Uncle. I don't know. It was up in Ian Ron's building, and yes. I walked. I walked part of the way to it, and I said, "I'm going to leave." And Brett looked at me, and he goes, "We need to leave. This is very unsafe." Brett had like, everybody has the mask. Everybody has this social distancing. And Ian Ron was like, "We don't know if it's real." And I'm going, "Okay, we're leaving." And so we all were out in the parking lot, and I kind of pulled you over to the window, and I was still allowed to smoke weed at this time, so I think I was a little stoned. And I said, "Cole, you want some advice?" And he said, "All right." I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you just don't uh, inappropriately break anybody's uh, consent or treat people with, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure if you don't go assaulting anyone and just keep wrestling, eventually you'll get real over and it'll work. Did it work? I, I think so. You know? I know it sounds crazy that that's the advice, but like. You just, you, I just remember from that conversation, you're just like. Hey, just stay on your path. Don't be an idiot. Like, believe in yourself, and then shit will work out. And it's crazy because, like, you guys were saying earlier, you're the dad, she's the mom. 
most of the time it's actually she's the dad, he's the mom. Um, but like, I've gotten so much advice from you two, and the main one is just, Cole, don't be a fucking idiot. And it worked. Yeah, and also, don't, don't believe, you know, like, we're obviously, we're wrestlers, we're doing a thing. The amount of people that I run into that, like, forget they're performing or forget they're doing a character and become this thing that they think they are and then just sort of treat everyone like they're pawns in this weird way and then think, oh, I can just do whatever I want. I'm rock and roll. I'm a star. Let me just be real. There's, there's no one good enough at pretend fighting to be able to break someone's consent or treat them uh, incorrectly. There, you will never be able to say, but they're so good at pretend fighting that they're, they're allowed to just touch whoever they want. No! What a, what a crazy thing to say. And I'm glad that it's a little different nowadays that we have finally moved past it. I love it. All right, I don't want to get that deep, but I think it's, it's good advice and it's weird, but like, this is, Weekend at Effie's a stream of consciousness. We get into it. It goes, baby. It just goes. It goes. Yeah. We don't plan anything. We don't have segments. I just show up and start talking. That's what I said to you the first time we did an episode. I said, I'll do a podcast. You do everything. I just show up and start talking. How, how much do I participate beyond that? Do I, Pitar? You participate. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring... You, a- so, okay. I, you did the podcast and I was like... <laughs> not familiar with you, you're like, you should totally do your own podcast, thinking that I'm like giving someone advice, like, this will really help you out in the future, you know? And you sat on it for several months and then ambushed me and went, you want to do that podcast? Yeah. And I have to hear about are. it. I have to, and I also need it to make sense because I'm already busy and I do it. But also, we were already having these long conversations about how weird our life is. We just put microphones up. And we put the microphones up and it works. So now. It's, kind of a wrestling podcast it is uh it is a podcast that exists because of wrestling that's about humanity so i'm going to go back to cole radrick i know i don't want to be too serious but also i'm going to tell a story at the end about pitar that'll blow your mind i'm going back to cole radrick here's humanity i want to talk about how cool you are not in wrestling can we talk about demolition derbies Sure. Okay. Do do people know that Cole Radrick does demolition derbies sometimes? (laughs) This is the craziest thing to me. You find a crazy beat-up car, you get some people to come in and sponsor it, and then you go out and wreck vehicles in a contest? What is... Compare this to wrestling. Compare it to... What are the people like? What are the cars like? What's the event like? I've never been to one. So... Demolition derbies are like, you just take a car, knock the windows out. You don't undersell it. This yeah. is, y'all are wrecking cars on purpose. Oh, together. I get to hit other human beings with a vehicle and not get charged with like vehicular manslaughter. It is insane. When I'm not wild. hitting people with my arms, I'm hitting them with a vehicle. Don't worry, everyone's cool with it. Listen, uh, so yeah, like my, my whole family grew up. My dad's a mechanic, owns a shop, and he always had derby cars being built. And so like when I was just stuck there, I would just go and sit in a car and play pretend. And then one time I came home from vacation, and I was like 15. My dad was like, oh, we have a derby car built for you. Like, you're going to derby on Saturday. All right. So you were kind of thrown into it at first. Yeah, but my, like, I, I was raised into it, though. Like, my, my dad did it. My uncle did it. Like, it what was a age family is this? thing. I was 15. So, so did you even have a driver's license? No, but I mean, I, I drove cars all around town anyways. Like, my dad was a mechanic. Sometimes a car needed to go to a customer because they were at work, and... 
You know, this is the most back in my days. Back in my day, the kids would I'm, drive cars. Well, I'm a small right? town. My dad was a fire chief. You know, like you have connections. I kind of could get away with whatever. It was kind of sick. Um, so you are a bum with connections. A bum that is a political guy that knows how to get connections, <laughs> how he can get on derbies, and how he can get on wrestling shows. And so uh, we end up going to do this derby thing, and I ended up winning the first, my first derby, which was dope. How do you win? Uh, so it's, you build a car, and it's last car standing. So you have a minute, 30 seconds to make a hit. So you have, if you don't hit, you're out. So, like, I've been in probably 40 of these at this time, and I've won a couple of them. Um, it is such a weird experience in wrestling because – what I like about wrestling is, especially where I'm at now, I have, I'm very, getting very confident in who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. I don't feel like I have to portray something that I'm not. Like, when I wrestle, it is literally just the weirdo version of who I am as a person. Like, that is who I am. In Derby, it's like, all right, I control this one car, and then there's like a bee's nest of other people trying to kill me. It is the craziest thing. Uh, so... You're all consenting to be there, but once it starts, it's very unpredictable. Oh, absolutely. And, like, I've been in cars where I've had a transmission, like, explode. And in derby cars, like, everybody knows your transmission's underneath your car. In derby cars, I just like, everybody knows that. I just learned about I, Oh, okay, I'm an idiot, sorry. But, like, when you cut out the middle piece so that you can see a transmission, that way if you need to do, fix something, exploded, right? Get shrapnel all over my legs, bleeding. Don't this, realize it because the derby's still going. This is an explosion. Yeah, yeah. Like the the train, like the the transmission is like a four hundred pound thing. It's like this big, and it's literally if the gear shift breaks, there's like we built a lever, so it's a manual shift. So like I had to manually shift it. Right. And at some point in time, I think I broke reverse, and so I was in reverse trying to back up, and I don't know what's happening. Maybe I have two flat tires, so they're just spinning. So I gunned it. Waiting, 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 and I heard. Oh my God! Freaking! I had like cuts all down my legs, whatever. And like, it just scared the shit out of me. I was like, "Oh, okay, whatever." Yeah, because you've flat. been cut before on purpose with the amount of death matches yeah. you've done. Yeah. So this isn't that surprising, but also that has to be jarring just because the explosion. I mean, yeah, it's jarring, but I didn't realize like I was cut or anything until I get out of the car. And so usually you're supposed to wear like full track suits and everything. Half the time, this is what I'm wearing in there. Like, I am who I am. You I don't like fuck. wearing, like, pants. I like shorts. Once whatever. again, dress like a bum. I You should look like rebuff. So, so from this podcast actually turned into, like, proving the shirt to be everything that this guy said because it is true. But also proving that it's awesome. Proving that it's, like, what an, it's, like, yeah, you could say it's like a bum, but it's also, like, yeah, I wear what I want when I wreck the cars and they explode. Like, that's... It's not a bad thing. It's like, I'm like, is this guy James Dean who lived? Man, I just, I just enjoy having fun. And it's like, if I could do derby and wrestle and all these other different things I get to do, I'm going to do it because we're only going to live once. Uh, I had a weird premonition that I was going to die before I turned 18. Wrong. I know. Trust me, the week of my 18th birthday, I lived in a, like, bubble. Like, I was the bubble boy. I was not going anywhere. I thought I was going to die. We can get into that and later. And now you just risk it every day. Let's go. Hey, now I'm just living the dream, baby. Hey, uh, I know this is really unprofessional. I don't care. What time is it right now? I have no concept. 2.55. Okay, good. So we got a little bit of time here. That's fine. All right, I'm bringing this up. I don't know if you know this, Pizza Art. You don't. Uh, Allie and Cole, you guys have known each other a while. Too long. 
Yeah. Can I? Rock. When did you guys first meet? Oh, actually, when we first met. You hated me. In IWA. Hated me. Is that where we first met? Was IWA? I think we like ran into each other, but like it was our first conversation. And my first immediate thing that you said to me is, "You're like, uh, I don't like the people you hang out with, so I don't like you." Yep. And I was like, <laughs> at the time, I was. He is a I was living in a weird situation. And uh, de- she definitely had all the right reasons to say that. But I was like, damn, like, I'm not a bad person. So like, was that six? It's almost six years ago yeah. now. I, so I left Texas to the Midwest in 2017. So, yeah, this is, yeah. This is a while back. And so then that's when I first started, like, doing those, like, Midwest loops. And, yeah, there was, like, a big thing that happened with, like, a group of people. And I was he, not involved. He was not involved, but he was around those people. And it's like, well, if you're with those people, I don't trust you because that's just how... It, listen, it's like, if you're friends with those people who condone things, then fuck off. I, yeah, and Meanwhile, I'm, I didn't know. I'm gonna cut you Meanwhile, you were that, also a victim. So. I, I want to say that one thing I've really enjoyed about the way wrestling has shifted a little bit is the believability of that hierarchy and people having to be a little subservient to people that you thought were in control of things, everybody sort of figured out that's all bullshit and it's just do your best and do your work and if someone's holding you back, you just kind of go, I think you're an idiot and move away. Nobody actually has that much power at all in wrestling uh, and if you just put in the hard work and do it, you're great. But Ali was proven right. These guys were a bunch of idiots. But now... Would you guys expect that at this point you'd you'd be traveling all over the world together, still wrestling together, still around each other? No, because he's an idiot. Whoa! I mean, after after my current GCW run, I'm going back to the local yes. scene. Yes, I'll, I'll see I, you back at IWA. Uh, it's honestly, it's crazy to me because there are certain people that you grow up in wrestling and you develop these friendships. Like, I I didn't have a lot of friends in school. I was a very nerdy kid. I lived in a redneck town. I was an emo kid. So I had no friends, and I got... got Emo is short for emotional, right? Emotional support call. Emotional support call. So then I meet all these friends, and now it's like... I can never explain to anybody how cool and surreal it is that now I have a whole bunch of friends that come from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, you know, gender, sexuality, uh, race, everything. It doesn't matter, and it's like... I got stuck with Ali Catch out of everybody, bro. We're in, what? Oh, We're in yeah. England, and I'm stuck with her at 6 a.m. <laughs> Literally, Great it's like times. weird to like go back and like look, and it's like me and Cole and like Mance Warner and oh, like Mance, this like shithole, and like Mance was like 60 pounds lighter back then, but still no hair. When people found out Mance wasn't uh, <laughs> bald. It was by choice, and now yeah. he has this flow. What a confusing time. Then and they, now we're together. Cole had like an emo haircut back then. Yeah. It was Did you say rough. evil or emo? Emo. An emotional yeah, yeah, yeah. haircut? You know, I was a cat. Like, you were a cat. It was, and now we're all here. I'm still an emo. I'm not a cat. Okay, Vance so. Has hair. This is a question I have that's kind of, it's not out of left field, but I feel like I'm looking at three of us. And I want you to, before I ask this, to think of a question for Pitar about his experiences jumping in this weekend. This is still very jarring, right? This is all oh my god, world. Yeah. This is crazy. This is. I'm finally going like, look at how I live. Uh, it's really fun, though. It is fun. This isn't even like you've 
but you've had the privilege of staying in the same city the whole time. Imagine oh. this every day, but also getting on a flight each morning oh, and then getting a new hotel every day and all that, et cetera. Nonstop. Okay, COVID, obviously a horrible thing, a terrible thing. Obviously, we were a little all irresponsible and just jumping back into wrestling. But I also feel like during that time, we were sort of put to the test and it sort of made us like kind of incredible at this job. Uh, what, do you, what do you think strengthened about you because of the work done during COVID? Is this too shoot interview sounding? No? Um, so to me, when, when COVID happened, you started having shows that were like, we're only selling 60 tickets, right? Or we're only going to sell 70 tickets. Yeah. So then it's much more of an intimate experience. Like we would go to a GCW show and sometimes it's like, Brett's like, hey, we have 75 tickets to sell. Or I'll go to a local show, and they're like, we're only doing 40. So now it's such a much more intimate experience. Because sometimes when you look out into a crowd, it's just a sea of faces. Then when you have 40 people, and I'm like looking right at somebody, and I'm like, what? They're looking into my soul, and I'm like getting my ass beat. And I'm like, all right, what can I do differently? So now when I wrestle, I try to make everything a much more intimate experience. I like looking people in their eyes. I like making the fans feel like they are part of the show. Because without them, there is no show. Like, we did, uh, there was a company that did, like, tapings with no fans. Brother. It, it's not the same. Like, I love feeling the crowd. I love feeling their emotions. And that's what I realized, to me personally, and I am not in shape. I'm not the greatest cardio athlete. So I learned that, to me, wrestling was more about giving a fan experience than more of it me saying, oh, here's a really cool clip of me doing something that I'll probably only be able to do one time with one certain person or whatever. So now, to me, I try to make wrestling, and I enjoy, and I feel like I've learned much more about the storytelling and getting fans involved and making the show a show and not just about a performance. I'm going to answer my own question now in a uh, dumb way. When you said clips, all I could think is, all those shows, number one, we worked all the time. I had to get tested every week, and you can't surprise me with anything, and... Uh, I'm so appreciative of how fun the shows are now because a lot of those shows were horrible, but I honor the fans that were coming and risking it. Uh, not opening, being, not being able to open Twitter after a match and immediately get feedback and see my things and get praised, that fucking sucks. Also, I never thought we'd get back to this, so now I'm looking around and I'm going, oh my God, the crowds are rowdy again? This is great? It made me crazy because when I don't have that many people to wrestle in front of, when I don't have the immediate feedback, I just start overdoing it and screaming and acting like a psycho. And now that's sort of like built in and great and fun. And it's, I don't have to, uh, I'm not thinking that much and I'm going all the way every time. And I think it's, it wouldn't have happened if I wasn't put through that COVID run, you know? Yeah. Mine, yeah. Mine is similar in that after that, so, again, like, it, it made me very grateful and appreciative of what I had before. It reminded me, like, okay, this could get taken away from you at any moment, and you need to work hard to keep it. And so, essentially, after doing these, like, like no fan tapings and these, like, very limited fan shows, I said, when things come back, I will never go back to something like that. I will work so hard to where every show I'm on is packed. I do not ever want to be at a show. Like, not to say that I'm not appreciative of going to a show and, like, 20 people show up, but, like, I don't ever want to go back 
and only hear like one person cheer for me. Like I can't, I was like, I'm going to work so hard that I constantly always have a crowd and this energy and this fire and like this love because like that is what I'm here to do and that's what I want. I was like, I can't ever go back to a no fan situation. Amen. Ever. Amen. I mean, that's been just being so unfamiliar with this world and everything and then going out to shows, having no access point into any of it the crowd is the access point. Like, the energy is the access point. Like, I, every time that I've been to a show, it's like, holy shit, I am cheering, and I'm into it, and I am with everyone else, and there is no other feeling like that. And I can't even imagine what it would be like not to have that and then not have it. Also, not to go too big brain, but one thing I thought about was, I'd have people come up to me and be like, it's the first time I've gone anywhere in a year, or this is the first time I've gone out in a year, or like it's the first time I felt safe going out in a year. I think about how many actual experiences there are. Like I can't go to a theater show and scream at the performers. I can't go to the movies and scream at people. There's no other place where you can get into a room of people and just scream. And it's so good as a human being to be allowed to just scream. I sometimes I ask people, I go like, when's the last time you just screamed? And they're like, what are you? No, it's, when's the last time you just let it all out? It is so good for the human brain to just be in a place where it's like, ah! You feel so much better when you just let it out. I'm about to scream too. I'm gonna bring out our last guest. You ready? Oh, I, just, I thought you were about to scream into the mic. I said, please. Nah, I'm not screaming into the mic. Uh, this is someone who has now taken advice from Effie and then got the full Effie experience this weekend. This is the son of Ron Bass. We got Ron Bass Jr. here today. The son of a son of a bitch. Let's go. Ron Bass! Ronnie Bass, we're going to have to split this microphone, pal. Yeah, I think that one's bad. Yeah, baby. Oh, is it dead? Yeah. It's still, yeah, it's still dead. Yeah, y'all share a mic. Y'all are friends. We are friends. I got got questions for... Oh, my gosh. All right, we'll do this. This is what I love. Absolutely. All right, Ronnie Bass Jr. Yes. Ali, you look jealous. By the way... By the way, just in case anyone wants to know, uh, I'm the one that wrote this. Oh, my... (laughs) Yeah, it was The mysteries are revealed today. It was me, Effie. It was me all along. Oh, God. I still love you. You're you're okay. I I really just wanted to help you make money. Hey, Cole, keep that that on his lips. That's good. All right, here's the question. All right, Thursday... I was, I was real stressed out. I'm going to talk about myself while I interview you. I was real stressed out for the last few weeks. Went to Australia, flying a lot, really tired of Big Gay Brunch going well. And then Thursday, I got to Chicago, and I had four people drop off my show for different reasons. And at that point, I said, I'm not stressed anymore. We'll just figure it out. We'll figure it out. And then I saw you, and I said, I, I got something for you to do, pal. Yeah. And you said to me, you know, one time you told me, Sometimes just being there is half of ending up getting booked, and now you actually came and proved it to me. That's exactly what happened. I also made you shake my hand immediately, so it was a binding contract. Binding contract. And you couldn't look at me the next day and go, nope, sorry, you're not booked anymore. You're booked. I was. What was it like being a part of Perro's Invitational Twink Gauntlet? Look at you. You are not a twink. We're all twinks in our heart. We had this conversation earlier. Technically, the first ever Twink Gauntlet was yours, and you made it this whole big... Uh, you had the whole big speech at the end where anybody can be anything. Uh, don't put people in a box. 
Yeah, because I, when I'm in North Dakota fighting a bunch of twinks in a bar and a man dressed in a bear costume, I've got to make it about hum, emotional human unity. Absolutely. Because I can't just have a pro wrestling match. <laughs> Life lessons can happen anywhere, even in North Dakota with a guy in a bear suit. We're telling stories with professional wrestling. Professional wrestling isn't the story. You came out after two lovely twinks were destroyed. Yes. And you had a hoss battle with Pero. We did the deal. Big gay hoss fight. How strong does someone have to be to pick you up on their shoulder like very, that? When was very, the last time very you were strong. picked up like that by another man? <sighs> it's been a while. It's been a while. I don't, I don't get picked up very often. I'm a, I'm a big hefty oh, boy. We're just talking about wrestling matches here. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. I know. I was so happy to what see... What about outside of wrestling matches? <laughs> we don't... We, we keep what are you trying to say, Cole We keep our private life private. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't want to get too emotional here. And yesterday I was saying, uh, I have to vent sometimes, but I said, you know, a hundred people come up to me a day and say I changed their life. And I said, well, that's my job. I changed people's lives. But you came up and I was a little, I was being a little standoffish to see how it would work for the Big Gay Brunch. Yeah. Just focus on my thing. See if people would work. They're a little reliant on Effie at Effie's Big Gay Brunch sometimes. I get it. That's what but, happens when you put your name on the, on the thing. You know, I'm a promoter. Uh, you came up to me and you said, I featured you on the show, and I knew you were recently out as pansexual, and you came up and you said, uh, this finally helped me come out to my mom. Yeah. I did it the, the so it was Friday morning when we had the conversation, conversation, Lord right. have mercy, where you were like, hey, in the lobby here. I can use in, in the lobby of the hotel. You were like, oh, yeah, I can use you now. Uh, so that happened. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, uh, this can go one of two ways. I can tell my mom myself and we can have this conversation in one way or another. We're going to figure it out. Or someone's going to see me get tagged in something on Facebook and then it's going to be a, an even more awkward conversation of, oh, why couldn't you tell me or why am I finding out this way? So I called my mom at, during like some in-between time and it was, it was great. Mom was fantastic. Like the, the stereotypical, I love you no matter what, you're my son, I don't give a shit. Like it was great. Yeah, but the, the best reaction possible, Absolutely. which is awesome. But see, I'm coming up to you and I'm going like, come work my gay show. And I've just become the gay... I, you know, one of my friends the other day said, I haven't seen a straight person in three weeks, which I don't think that's how you should live. But also, I've been <laughs> in the gay world that I don't even think about it anymore. And I didn't realize I'm coming up to you and I've now given you a life-altering conversation to have before you come do my show. What a crazy world. we. It was unintentional, but it, I didn't even think because I didn't think about it at first. We yeah. had the conversation. I was like, oh, this is sick. Like, I get to wrestle this weekend because I love this, like we all do. Four of us. Pitar's on his way to loving wrestling. You'll get there. Hey, You'll... he loves he loves parts of wrestling, and wrestling loves Pitar. Absolutely. So, um, but the more the more I thought about it, the more I thought about like, oh, there's only like a small portion of my fan base or any fan base that knows I'm out as pansexual. So then th it's like, okay, I'm being introduced to an I'm being introduced to I'm, I'm about to be introduced into a giant audience that watches your show, that watches the Big globally. Gay Brunches. Like globally, yeah, absolutely. You said, I heard you say earlier, you did like 400, 400 people at the show, something yeah, like that? Yeah, and I was mad at 400 people because last year we did 650, and I'm going, you're crazy because we, we had 
thousands of people watching online all around the world. And, that's, and for me, it's the opposite of, uh, that's the biggest crowd I've ever wrestled in front of. That's incredible. That, which is, so I started to think about it, and I was like, well, either I can have that conversation myself, and I can, you know, pull up my big boy pants and be like, hey, I need you to love me no matter what. If you don't, cool, I'll figure it out. Or she can find out from the internet. And God, my mom, love her to death, can't work the internet very well, but she'll work it enough to figure this out. You know, just my luck. Well, and people will probably send it to her too. Well, did you see this? I don't know if you've <laughs> yeah, seen this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's awesome. Opinion. Like, I don't trust this question. Would you say, let's say you have like a 15% chance that somebody from AEW, WWE, whoever would show up to Florida? Would you rather stay in Florida for your entire career hoping that 15% chance hits, or would you rather say, say, you know, we all grind, we all, if there's another level, whatever. If you never made it, would you rather be able to go out and travel like you have? Because you go, you go a lot of, I give you a lot of shit, but you do go a lot of places. You work your ass off. Like, would you rather do that? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't understand that mindset, I guess. No. I'd, I'd rather do what we're doing here. I'm, I'm sitting on a stage, like, on a live show. I don't, it doesn't matter how many people are here or not here. This is the coolest, the coolest shit to me right now. I'm sitting on a stage with uh, three people I very much respect. Pitar and I have become great friends this weekend. Uh, Cole Radrick, like you said, gives me shit. He's one of my best friends in the world. I wouldn't trade this for anything. I could never be signed. I, um, I know we don't want to get too emotional, but... Um, don't say that. Everybody can be signed, but also I think every roster has about 600 people, so I don't, yeah. I don't know how much I want to fight for my two-minute segment on uh, Dark Elevation Collision well, Honor. Absolutely. For me, it's the um, it's we just uh, we all love wrestling, but all I ever wanted to do is wrestle as my dad's son. Everything else I've done now is extra. I had the one match as Ron Bash Jr. I don't have to. I don't have to wrestle anymore. I just love this, and it's cool that I get to do stuff like this. Like this has been the craziest weekend. Like you said, I got the effie experience. You did. I do want to say too. I hate people ask me advice, and you're following the advice, and I hate that this is the advice that works, which is. 
Nobody reads booking emails. Nobody's going to watch your fucking highlight reel. Nobody's watching your match. If you are not up in someone's face, you're not going to get the opportunity. Yep. And if you're not willing to eat a bucket of shit to taste a little beef jerky, you're not going to get anywhere here. A lot of people forget, I've done this since 2013. Yep. I've been around. I've done things. I've been to the worst shows you can imagine. And a lot of that was eating a ton of shit for a while. And now I can stand here and go like, hey, uh, it'll pay off. You yep. ate enough shit. Eventually, and maybe not for everyone, but you're going in, you're showing up in New Jersey, you're showing up in Chicago, you're getting there and you're going, I'm going to get in front of them and I'm going to show them how to do it. I'm here. And I get to reward that. How crazy is that? It's, full, it's a full circle. I'm, reminding, I'm like bragging on myself in my head because sometimes I forget. I forget how cool I am sometimes. People should, awesome. just, people should just listen. To the, people should just listen to the proof. You're, you're the proof. I don't know. Allie's the proof. Cole's the proof. Sometimes. I got to listen to her more often. Trust me. Yeah. Well, trust me. That's between y'all. Y'all are still. That's the, that's the way I see it. It's just some people just got to listen. Florida brothers don't want to listen. That's right. I don't care. I'll, yeah, shit, on, I'll don't. shit on them. I don't care. They're it's fine. They're staying in Florida. Trust me. Uh, I'm not going to hold us too much longer. I have, I'm sorry. I have Go ahead. To say. Um, just with hanging out with all of y'all this weekend and everything, the, I guess, machismo, like the, the ego that is in wrestling and everything, like the selling yourself, like the confidence, maybe overconfidence, it's, you know, a part of the whole thing. All of you are the most grateful human beings that I have ever talked to. Like, Cole last night, it just out of nowhere just starts talking about how grateful he is for the life that he's living, and Ref Scarlet was there too, said the exact same thing, and I just... Maybe I just don't run into that enough, but to have it with all of y'all so specifically that you are aware of what you're doing and you're aware that you're living a crazy life and taking that in all the time and having an appreciation for it, I, I, I fucking love it. It's fantastic. And you live with me, so I can't even hide it. I can't even... I'd have to pretend all the time to be a kind person. I can't pull that off. He's... For everything that is FE-related... Taylor is one of the sweetest human beings that I know. Thank you. And all of y'all are all, like, I'm such an outsider to this, and you've been nothing but welcoming and kind. And, like, Ellie, I feel like I've known you forever, even though we've barely talked this weekend. It's wonderful. And both the two of you, I love. Sweet boys. Sweet. is a sweet boy, for sure. Uh, I'm going to quote two people real quick. The first is Gucci Mane who says that a man must have sauce, but if he has too much sauce, he gets lost. There are a lot of cats in wrestling who start drinking too much sauce and believe they are the person they are portraying. And the second I'm going to quote is Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who said my favorite quote of all time to me. He said, you're in the ring for 10 to 15 minutes, but I'm in this building all day. I don't care how good you are in that ring. If you're an asshole and you're not fun to be around, I don't want you on the show. You have to be good at wrestling. You have to be an entertainer. But being a regular, normal, kind, understanding human being is what actually keeps you around. Because nobody wants to hang out with assholes. You run into people a hundred times. I'm seeing people I've known for years here for the first time in a while. I don't want them to be like, well, that yeah, that Effie's good and over, but... What a dick. I just love that at, uh, for Big Gay Brunch, you literally looked at me when you woke up and you're like, hey, will you come to the show? And your job is just to be emotional support, Cole. 
You, if I'm having a bad time, just lift up the locker room. You didn't do like, your job enough. He did a great job. I was getting yelled at. Are you the Spanish announce table? Uh, no, I've never yelled at you. I've risen the volume and spoken with severity, but I wouldn't call that yelling. Aggressive talking. Either way, I love it. Guys, I'm gonna, we're getting ready. I'm taking Pitar to his first pay-per-view tonight because we somehow fell into some tickets. I gotta say this, I'm breaking my rules for Pitar. My rule is, if I'm not booked, I don't go to the wrestling show. But I'm going to the wrestling show. Allie, you can say that into the mic if you'd like. Just shut the fuck up and enjoy the wrestling. I'm shut going. Up I'm doing it. I'm do. I'm going to enjoy Our the wrestling. wrestling. Our wrestling. We're watching a wrestling. I get to watch Ricky Starks have a strap match with the American I Dragon. Know, I'm so excited. Let's go. I just found out what a strap match is last night. You thought it. I have to be the most annoying don't say what person a strap to watch wrestling with because <laughs> I don't. I'm relax. asking so many questions the entire time. I love it. Please ask questions. Also, you help me watch it without the view of my constant wrestling brain, and I get to take it in with someone who is objectively just looking at a thing without an explainer and a, and a full historic background. I love it. Last words? Final words? I don't know. This is cool to me. I don't know. I'm just a, I'm just a dude. This is the sickest thing in the world. Thank you for having me up here. Hell yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I hate you. Uh, my last words would probably be just be like Effie brought up the advice that he gave me but what he never brings up is uh, there's a show called Paul Cade and I ran into Effie and I was getting out of the bad situation that me and Ali alluded to earlier and I was in this weird spot where I loved wrestling so much but the past two years of experiences, bad mentors bad friends that just would brag on me and belittle me and do all these things and I just remember I went up to Effie and I was like man I I just don't know like I'm at this crossroads to where I either just go on about being Joey and going and doing real life shit or I dive into this and you were like you ha you you just stopped me and I just remember you looked at me you're like you have to realize Cole that people love you naturally and you go and you have to just dive into that and then every all these bad things go will go away eventually surround yourself with the people that you love the people that uplift you and man people can say whatever they want but Effie is literally one of the best human beings in the world Ali is one of the best human beings in the world Ron Bass is mid-tier fucking Peter is awesome and when I found out that if you surround yourself with good people that just love something and it's like I'll go to wrestling shows and, you know, there's always a few bad eggs, but you go to wrestling shows and people love the same shit. Like, outside of this world, people sometimes look at us as weirdos or as freaks or whatever, and it doesn't fucking matter. When we all go to a wrestling show, it's about supporting and doing something that we love, and I'm so fucking grateful for that, and I'm so fucking grateful for you, baby. Thank you. Uh, I want to say, I think the reason Big Gay Brunch works, and I'm talking about it in wrestling in less human terms, but this is about humans... A lot of people who get booked on Big Gay Brunch, it's the first time they've ever wrestled where someone in charge has said, no, I just need you to do yourself. I don't need you to be anything but what you do. And when you allow someone to create art without the barriers or the fakeness of what wrestling tries to tell them to do and the boundaries it tries to put on them, it's actually way more easy to connect to. 
and it's way more truthful and it's way more awesome. And you find out that uh, there are a lot of people who go, well, I didn't know there were wrestlers like that and I didn't know there were wrestlers like me. And so then you bring in people who are seeing things. We don't all have to look like Randy Orton and John Cena and Hulk Hogan. And I get why these things work, but I love being able to bring in someone who has never had someone say like, no, this is awesome, you're awesome. Take it and do that without the restrictions of anything else. And then they get to feel the success of that. Wrestling is going to get better if we let people be themselves. And for me to have enough clout to get other people into the spot to do it, it's freaking cool. I love you all. I love you all. Thank you for paying attention. Thank you for being a part of my life. And uh, thanks for being my friends. You guys are awesome. StarCast, baby. Episode 100. We did it. We did it. We it's, did it. it. It actually timed out to be episode 100. For 99 episodes, I've just been yeah. explaining this. Talking to the wall. I love it. We're going to go to the pay-per-view. Hell yeah. Wrestling is gay forever. Is that it? Do we have a song? Do we dance? Do we coordinate a dance? I did enough of that last night. I love it. I love it. I looked at Allie in the ring yesterday. I said, I can't dance now. I made you dance. I couldn't. I couldn't dance until we went to England, and then I somehow learned how to dance. That was great. We did it. Thank you. I love you all. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This has been wonderful. Listen to Weekend and Effies. It's nuts. Watch movies. Goodbye.